This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, away with the youth. Hallelujah. Just give them a hand. There you go. Praise God. Appreciate them. Amen. Already working on our camps for this summer. Send them out. And bless them real good. So, I mean, you'll probably hear it more than once, but thank you again for your support of them. You know, when we have fundraisers and things like that, it really does help. It's huge. And the thing about it is, <clears throat> you know, with camps, in order for the camp to, you know, have any kind of substance, I mean, these days it just takes more money. And um, so um, everything seems to be more expensive, but that, what you do helps to subsidize the cost of the kids, and that's very helpful, especially if you've got three kids going. Can I get a witness? Yeah, that would, you know, ding, ding, ding. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles up to the book of John, John's Gospel, chapter 16. If you could find that opening in your Bible, I want to welcome all of you that are watching online this morning. Delighted that you can be with us. Hope that you'll be able to join us sometime live because, uh, praise God, uh, it's always good to be in church, and uh, so we appreciate your being uh, here online with us today. Praise God. <clears throat> How many of you are glad that the sun is shining, and it's actually going to break 60 degrees today? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, man. It's either 95 or 14. Have you noticed that? You know, it's like, give me a break. You know, can't we find some, like, whatever happened to spring? So anyway, praise God, uh, better days ahead, although I think they're talking about, what, three days of rain now after this? So if you've got any planting to do, get her up. That's right. Better get after it. Praise the Lord. All right, let's just uh, pray together and uh, commit our hearts to uh, hearing what it is he has to say to us. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful that we can gather in the name of Jesus unhindered, unchecked. Father, we're so glad that there is freedom in you, and there's freedom in your Son, the Lord Jesus. He said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so, God, we're so grateful for the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus and the access that he's made possible for us to have with you. So, Father, we do pray, have your way. Um, it's our desire, Father, to know you more, but we know that you've given us your word and in the entrance of your word, light comes. So we believe with all our heart to today, Father God, as we behold these things from your holy word, that we will be illuminated, that we will learn, that we will grow and will know what it is that you'd have us to do and how it is you'd have us to appropriate your word in our life. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Notice with me, if you would, our text this morning, John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus is speaking, and at the conclusion of a lot of things that he said in chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16, in verse 33, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, everybody say in me, in me you might have peace. In the world, everybody say in the world, in the world you shall have tribulation, but, hallelujah, be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Now, there's a lot said in that verse, 
Isn't that right? You know, he said, I've said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that this morning? We have victory in him. And for whatever the world may throw at us, thank God, it's under our feet and it's been defeated. Aren't you glad for that? Of course, you have to appropriate that in your life. But this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about taking God at his word. And I know that, you know, for most of us, I mean, we intend to do that. We endeavor to do that and so on and so forth. But I just want to bring it back into bold relief and consciousness with our lives about really thinking about taking him at his word. Take, you know, in other words, you know, listening to what it is that, that God has to say through the Bible and really digesting what it is he's saying and believing what it is he's saying and appropriating what it is that he is saying. Another way I could say it is, is, you know, to know the reality of God's word. Did you know that God's word is real? It's a living thing. And it has been God breathed or spoken And he said, I watch over my word to perform it. He said, not one word from my lips will ever fail. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And so, you know, a lot of times when it comes to people, you know, wanting to have a relationship with God, um, they somehow, you know, they're kind of at an impasse because they miss this one most important ingredient. And that is simply this, that the way you and I have a relationship with God is through his word, knowing it, practicing it, believing it. You know, in one place, Jesus talked to his disciples and uh, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments and my father will love you and I will love you. And, you know, people would say, well, do you love God? Oh yeah, I love God. Well, are you doing the word? Well, not so much. Well, then you really don't love him. In other words, the acid test for you and I really loving the Lord is, are we doing what he said? Thanks for your enthusiasm. Praise the Lord. It is true. Obedience, obeying God. And really, you know, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, when he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, his word abides within us to the extent that we practice it. Huh? I mean, you can read the Bible. We all pretty much, you know, got a comprehensive view of what the Word of God says and so on and so forth. So if somebody makes reference to something, you know, we can probably say, oh, yeah, I know that, that, that verse there. But, but the real question is, is, is it a reality within our lives to where it is dear and sacred and that we esteem it? And the reason I say that is, is because in the day and age that you and I are living in, you know, I, I said 20 years ago or 30 years ago, man, you know, the day and age we're living in, boy, you really need the word. Well, here we are, you know, two, three decades down the road, and I'm thinking to myself, we really need the word of God right now. Amen? Because there is a concerted effort on the part of hell to displace and take people away from the truth. I mean, I can't believe the number of lies, I mean, blatant lies that are being communicated, narratives that are being, you know, developed and things of that nature in order to subvert, literally subvert, you know, people's uh, thinking and and societies of virtue and and quality, you know. And so much of this, I mean, the immorality that is being propagated and proliferated throughout our country and really around the world 
is just, it's, it's unbelievable. In other words, there's been such a departure from the truths of God's word. And that's, that's hell's intent. Because hell has been judged by the word. And so all it can do is tell you how untrue it is. Well, hell's going to find out just how really true it is in the not too distant future. Are you listening to me? So all the more reason for us as believers to buy the truth and sell it not. Hold on to the integrity of God's word as it is communicated to you. In other words, you know, just because everybody else jumps off the cliff, that doesn't mean you have to. Huh? We don't have to forsake the right ways of God. We don't have to allow God's word to become uh, indistinct to us at all. Thank God, as a matter of fact, we ought to get all the stronger. Because the world needs your testimony. Hey, amen. And becomes important. So that's, that's the reason why, you know, I want to share with you a little bit of some of these truths here this morning. Obviously, we'll never exhaust the subject. You know, we can't get through only about so much, you know, in a 40-minute period. But I don't want you to know it. I don't want you to know the Bible just like some denominational tenet. Well, this is what we believe. Well, that's okay as long as it's in line with the Word. But there's a lot of stuff that denominations embrace. It ain't worth a hill of beans. In other words, it won't put you over in life. It won't change the circumstance you find yourself living in. It won't alter and transform your life so that you can live in this world as He is, so are we. Are you listening to me? But the living Word of God will. And so that's the reason why I want to talk with you a little bit about it and, and know it <clears throat> so that it becomes a part of our lifestyle. When my wife and I first got saved, got turned on to the Word of God, we decided we were going to follow Him. We were going to serve Him. I mean, we were all in. And uh, so we put away the things that were displeasing to God. You know, you don't have to read too much in the New Testament to figure out what He likes and what He doesn't. How many of you are excited about what I just got to saying? Yeah, really. I mean, you know, you can figure it out. You know, I mean, you know, it talks about these things that, that the world does all the time, thinks nothing of it. You know, they're out there partying their brains out, you know, and yet the Bible makes it clear, you know, that, you know, um, that's probably not the most acceptable way to live. Huh? How many of you believe that? Well, anyway, so God's word is truth. It is true. In the world in which we live today, these truths are in great demand. The truth morally, the truth ethically, the truth ideologically, the truth socially. You know, they talk about social justice, and it has been so perverted and so distorted and so messed up, there's no truth in it. I'm all for social justice in a biblical kind of way. But again, they take the Word of God out of it, and then you get yourself nothing but a mess. And so all of these things, you know, are important for us as, as, as it applies to the truth of His Word. But if you don't have the Word of God as your compass, dude, you're no man's land. Years ago, we went mushroom hunting, and we went down by the river, you know, the Missouri River, we were over on the Nebraska side. And when we went down into this place, there was a railroad, railroad track that run down along there, you know. And, of course, it, it, it went, you know, uh, north and south uh, with the river. And we got out there. And, you know, when you're mushroom hunting, you're, you're looking down here. And, you know, you get to wandering around, you know. And we got to wandering around. Pretty soon I looked up, and, man, everything looked the same. 
And I had no clue. You know, and, and there's this big canopy, you know, you can't see the sun. There's no point of reference. There's nothing to figure this deal out. And I thought, uh-oh. You know, me and this other guy were out there, you know. And uh, so we're looking, you know, we're intently trying to figure out where in the world are we? So we walked a long ways, you guys, and there was, it looked all the same. We're finding mushrooms, but it all looked the same, you know. <clears throat> and so fortunately, you know, I mean, it probably was God more than anything else. I said, I think we need to go this way. So we walked, and thank God we found those railroad tracks. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Well, see, that's the way that it happens in people's lives. They get away from the Bible. They don't really have any kind of a compass you know, people start talking to them about this. Well, no, you don't have to do that. You know, that's not important. You don't have to do these things. And pretty soon, dude, they're in no man's land. They, they don't know what's, they don't know straight up from Sikkim. I mean, it's just like, you know, they're, they're in a mess. They're, with, they're, they're without a way. Dear friends, God's living word is true. And it should be something that we esteem, that we honor, that we value in our lives. You know, in other words, when we're talking about the way we want to live, we need to ask ourselves, well, what does the Bible have to say about this? And we need to get into the book and let the book get in us because it's a game changer. I mean, when people decide or choose to obey the word of God, guess what? They're going to get blessed and the, and the direction of their life is going to be blessed. And yes, I know there are challenges and different kinds of things that we have to deal with and face in life. And, you know, we got our flesh and it has its desires and sometimes it gets in the way and yours doesn't ever get in the way? Huh? No, you don't have that problem? Tell me how you do that because I'd like to know. Huh? You know, like when somebody pulls in front of you or... You know, they pass you and then they don't wait till they get a ways down the road. No, 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 no. They're coming over just about as soon as they get past your bumper. Does that give you warm fuzzies? Do you praise them for their behavior? No, you don't. What's the matter with you? You know? That's the flesh. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a point of reference so you could figure that out. You know? But I think sometimes within the Christian community, at least, there's a lot of times there's too little regard or esteem for the living word of God. And, you know, we talk about it, we, we can rejoice in it, you know, and even sing it, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to make sure, praise God, that we're doers of the word and not just hearers only, because that's where the blessing is. I mean, if you know, if you do the word, you'll be blessed. You know, when God was talking to Joshua and he took over the leadership of Israel, he just made a simple statement. He said, this book of the law or the Bible or the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And here's the reason why, that thou mayest observe to do, everybody say do, according to all that is written therein. So the reason for the meditation is in order to learn what to do, okay? He said, then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. So God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have good success. And he says the way that you do it is through what he just got done saying. Make sure that the word is kept close to you. So 
Here's a, another thought that I might give to you about this. You know, um, I know that we have busy lives. We've got so many things that we, options and things we have to do, should do, want to do, like to do, whatever. But you just need to really take time to just feed on the Word of God. What do I mean feed on it? Meditate on it. Think about it. What is it that the Bible, you know, the Bible is God speaking to you. But if you never listen to what it is that he's saying, then you don't know. So you have to, you have to take the time, uh, you know, personally to do that. You say, well, that's what my wife does. Well, dude, whatever your wife does, ain't going to do you no good. Hot rod. No, you got to do it for yourself, you know. And so it becomes important that we, that we do that. But <clears throat> like I said, you know, living in the days that we're living in, everyone, listen to me. You need to, you need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying through the Bible, and you need to embrace it. Now, remember the text that we said. Jesus said, these things have I, what did he say? Spoken unto you, so that in me you may have what? Peace. In the world, yeah, there's going to be all kind of stuff going on, but listen, be of good cheer, you know, because I've overcome the world. You know, James, when he was writing in his epistle, in his letter, he said, count it all joy. Now, <clears throat> he said, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations, tests, and trials, okay? Maybe we better look at that. Why don't you turn over there, James uh, chapter, uh, what would that be? Two, three, and uh, we'll find it when we get there. Look with me, if you would, please. <clears throat> hmm. Glory to God. See, yeah, there it is right in the beginning. <laughs> Chapter 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes that are scattered everywhere, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy. Now, you know, it didn't say that it was joyful, but it did say to consider it or count it wholly joyful whenever you fall into divers, temptations, tests, and trials. King James says temptation or different trials or tests. Knowing this, that the trying of your what? The trying of your what? The trying of your faith works. King James uses the word patience or endurance. Okay? So your faith ends up going on trial. You say, well, how's that work? It's when you decide that you're going to obey God. And you're going to stop living like the world. You're going to stop doing the dirt that the world does. And that when the world comes against you and mocks you because you're not like them, guess what? You're in a trial. And he's just saying, when that happens, consider it wholly joyful. Huh? In other words, when that happens, you can say, by golly, I must be doing something right. Hallelujah. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith that works... See, faith changes your world. Faith changes your life. And faith is nothing more than just obeying what it is that God has said. 
So when he says, for example, let's not ever let any corrupt communication come out of our mouth. That's in the Bible. You say, well, look, you know, pastors, that's easier said than done. I get it. I totally get it. But yet right on the other hand, praise God, doesn't mean you can't do it. Sea law, baby. Huh? When you get your britches all bunched up because she said something you didn't like or he said something or didn't do or, you know, how many times do I have to tell, you know, all that kind of business? Dude, put a lid on it. Huh? You say, well, I just can't do that, you know. And then, you know, you'll, you'll rail on them about whatever and you say, well, they got what they deserved. Huh? Really? When, are you uh, excited about your own harvest? Because whatever you sow, guess what? That's what you're going to reap. So you make a commitment in your home. And you say, we're not having harsh words between one another. We may not agree. We may want to fight like cats and dogs. But that's not an option. It's a quality decision that you make. Are you with me? And if both of you will make it, you'll be amazed how wonderful your life can become. To render not evil for evil, but rather render e- uh, good for evil. You with me? A soft, a gentle answer turns away what? Wrath. Huh? You say, well, what's that all about? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's hell attacking you. It's come to your house, knocked on the door, and you can either turn it away and say, go somewhere else, or you can say, come on in. And then pretty soon... You got all this deal. So it says, let's not let any uh, corrupt corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearer. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Because that's where the blessing is. Now let's go back here to James because we didn't get finished up with this. But he said, count it all joy, knowing this, that the trial of your faith works patience. Now notice what it goes on then to say, but let patience or endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire or mature and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Hallelujah. So in other words, there's a process that goes on to where hell loses its hold over you. Just let it have its work. You know, because praise God, you're going to come out on top because you're going to behave yourself wisely and you're not going to allow yourself to step into the trap that's been made for you or your family or your, you know, relationship with one another. It's just, it's not an option. And, and when you do, praise God, you pass the test. Everybody say pass the test. And you win. Have any of you ever had an experience where you really wanted to give people a piece of your mind about something? Nobody's even responding over here. Okay, well, let me try this group. How about you? Have you ever, you ever been there before? But you, but you bit your lip. You know what I mean by that? You just, you didn't do it. Now, you may have stewed a while, and who knows what else, you know, may have been part of your response or reaction to the whole thing. But, but listen, just think about this question with me for just a moment. Aren't you glad in the end that you didn't say anything? (laughs) Not all of you. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, you really wanted to, but you didn't. 
and you, and you go back and you look it over and you say, man, I'm really glad I didn't do that. Because a lot of times when we do do it, it reveals the smallness of who we are in our character. And God wants us to be big and strong in our character. And you can do that. I can do that. We can do that. It's, it's decision. It's choice. It's, it's those kinds of things that, that make for a wonderful life. Praise God. You know, Jesus gave us a commandment, a new one, that we love as he loved us. And he would not ask us to do something that we were incapable of. It would be unjust for him to do that, right? And the reason we can is because the love of God, the Bible says, has been shed abroad within our heart because of his indwelling presence. So he's there to help you to live out your life in a loving kind of way if you choose. Now, wow, this is going completely different than what I thought. Anyway... uh, You know, the thing is, is that we all come from different and various backgrounds. Um, Our upbringings, you know, associations, environments, different things of that nature have really given shape to the way we think and uh, maybe uh, character issues, whether they're flaws or, or strengths or whatever. But all of us, you know, we have our own deals, all of us, you know. And if you had the good fortune to grow up in a stable, in a godly home, then you ought to thank God for that. Amen. If you didn't, well, it's to be regretted. But on the other hand, God is able to redeem you from whatever it is that you have experienced in your past. I believe that with all my heart. You know, some things people can't shake without the power of God. But thank God His power is available to bring about transformation and change if we'll just look to him and ask him and call on him to help us. How many of you believe that? And so it becomes important, you know, that that we... And the reason I bring this up is is that there isn't anything that the Word of God is not capable of overcoming or supplying or whatever the case might be unless we believe the lie that it isn't capable. Well, and you say, what's that look like? Well, you know, you just don't know where I came from. You don't know, da 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 And you're right, I don't. But he does. And thank God he can deliver you. I didn't come, up, I didn't come out of a, a terribly messed up world. Well, maybe a little. Depends on how you define it. A lot of people, a lot of folk had a lot worse than I did. You know, and the thing about it is, is when you grow up in those environments, you don't know any different. You know, you just think, well, this is just the way life is. I mean, I don't, you know, this, this is the way we behave. We get drunk and, you know, fight and kick and bite and, you know, whatever. That's the way we do life. Well, thank God you don't have to live that way. Huh? And you can learn. Glory to God. That life can be filled with peace that there can be a good word, a good report on your lips, you know. Now, I realize, you know, all of our attitudes are being assaulted in the world in which we live. You hear some of the things that are going on, you know, this one woman, she said that a guy can give birth to a baby. I mean, dude, that is as stupid as it gets. Why are our Congress people even, even listening to this for crying out loud? Is that all you got to do? 
is listen to some clown tell you something like that? Woo. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. We got better things to do, don't we? Are you with me? You say, well, I hadn't heard that. Good. You're probably better off. I shouldn't have brought it, even brought it up. But that's the world we're living in. So, so again, let's go back to our text because I want you to, to get this. Listen, he said, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. These things have I spoken unto you. So if you want to have peace, we're going to have to listen to what he said, right? And not only that, once we've listened to it, then we've got to say, you know what? I'm in. I believe that. And I'm going to walk in the light of it. Now, again, you may have people right next to you, near to you, you know, say, wow, you can't believe that way, you know, whatever. Why not? Because the reality is, you guys, is what he said to them was absolutely the truth. And they had to, you know, walk the thing out in every one of the 12 disciples' lives. And, and you know, to give you a little bit of a context here, uh, this was just before Jesus was going to the cross. So chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16 are all instructions that he's giving to these disciples about what it is that's going to happen and so on and so forth. And... Um, Um, but it's the spoken word of God believed on that gives people peace, okay? Let me say that to you again. It's the spoken word of God believed on that gives people peace. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, from what I can see, you know, people are getting stranger all the time. Now, there's pushback. Everybody say hallelujah. There There needs to be a whole lot more of it, you know? But I tell you what, praise God, no matter what it is that goes on, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say that he is my refuge and my strength no matter how stupid people become. Okay? It's important. So if we don't have peace, let me ask you this question. If we don't have peace, is it possible that we aren't really taking Jesus at his word? Think about that for a moment. If, if, we, if we don't have peace, is it possible that maybe we're not really taking him at his word? Because when stuff comes at us, we just have to say, well, I don't know anything about that, but I know Jesus. And he said he'd take care of me. How many of you believe he'll take care of you? He sure will. He'll do it in grand style, as a matter of fact. Another scripture he said in John chapter 14, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Now listen, let not your heart be what? Neither let it be afraid. In other words, the implication is you have a choice whether you're going to allow your heart to go down this path that causes consternation and trouble and whatever. But thank God we don't have to. You say, yeah, but I mean, do you have your head stuck in the sand, Pastor? I mean, are you seeing what's going on and whatever, you know, and this and that and the other? Well, no, I, I, I don't think I have my head in the sand. But I choose to believe something else different than the report that the world is offering. 
That's all. You know, do what you want. Because the reality is the scriptures tell us that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. They'll become worse. And, and there's all these corrupt people, wicked people. I mean, wicked people. Some of the stuff that they're proposing, I mean, it is absolutely born right out of hell. It's wicked as can be. But here's the thing you need to know. When you read the scriptures, the wicked don't last very long. I said, they don't last very long. You say, yeah, but you know, man, we can't have another three years of this or whatever. You know, It doesn't make any difference. Your timeline is not the issue. You say, well, can't Jesus you know, move in and make it better quicker? Listen, all you got to do is believe and trust him, and he'll see to it that you're kept regardless. Are you listening to me? But you know, if you want to you know, commiserate and get all knotted up, you know, because of this or something needs to happen. Well, there are things in a process, a natural process that can happen and, and obviously need to happen. But at the end of the day, your personal and final satisfaction has to be in what he said about you and his care for you. These things have I spoken unto you that in me, you might have peace in the world. You're going to have tribulation, but hey, listen, don't get knotted up. Be of good cheer. Now, people might think that's crazy. But you know, I like crazy if that's what it means. Are you with me? That I can be wholly joyful and happy. Here's another verse of Scripture. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. King James says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I think the Amplified Bible says... Um, I don't know what it says. It says something good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Never be anxious. I don't know. Is it up there? Do not fret. Thank you, Julia. We're going to give you an extra raise. What's well, zero times zero? Anyway, uh, do not fret or have any anxiety about What's that next word? You say, well, that's just not possible. Well, I didn't say it. He said, be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving. Why would you thank God? Because, praise God, you know that you have his ear and that you've asked him and he's going to take care. It's called faith. Huh? Now, you know, if these are not our regular practices, it might take us a little while to get on to it. But praise God, let's get busy. Say, Father, I just want to thank you, praise God, that what the devil means for evil, you're going to turn into good. I don't care what politician or whoever's doing what or saying anything. Praise God, you're greater than all of them, and you'll take care of business. And he will. Listen to me, he will. Don't you ever think for one moment that all of these lies and everything that's being propagated within this country or even around the world are going to go unnoticed by our Father? Because everybody's going to give an answer for this nonsense. And it is not going to be pretty. But that is not our job. You say, yeah, I want in on that. God, when you get ready to ex- you know, exact justice, I'll help. Why? Because that's the way our flesh is, you know. That's, that's that thing called the way we feel. So he said, be anxious for nothing. Never fret, 
have any anxiety about anything. And then it goes on to say, and the peace of God, verse 7, that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind. And I tell you what, our minds need to be kept, amen, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the way that happens, again, is by us accepting, believing, embracing, esteeming, valuing what it is that we've just been reading. We just ought to let these, these scriptures just saturate our, our thinking and our lives. We need to become just, you know, uh, uh, Reverend Marty uh, Blackwelder talks about, you know, having a, uh, a tea bag and putting it in hot water. And just letting it steep, you know? And see, the more of it that you do, the more that 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 hot water becomes literally imbued with what's in that tea bag. And so that's why the scriptures say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let what it is that Jesus said dwell in you richly. Not lean, but richly, abundantly, abounding, praise God. So Jesus, his his spoken word is what he pointed these men to for them to have peace. Huh? Well, if that's what Jesus did with them, guess what? He's going to do the same thing for you and me. Lord, I got a financial need. Well, get in the word of God and see what I said about it. I'll take care of you. Amen? I'll supply all your need. I mean, that's in the Bible. All right? And there are other scriptures and different things, you know, depending on the subject. But when he was talking to them, you know, he talked about, now we're talking about, and you go home and read it. Let this be a little, you know, devotional assignment for you before you become unconscious, you know, tonight. But read 13, 14, 15, 16. And listen to what he said. What did he say to them? He said, these things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. So let's go back there and let's find out what he talked about. Well, he talked about going to the Father. They didn't, you know, it was all, he said, I've spoken these things to you in Proverbs, you know, now, but there's going to come a time when you'll understand everything that I'm saying with, with complete clarity. But he talked about returning to the Father. He talked about loving one another. He talked about the use of his name. He talked about the fact that you'll never be orphaned because of the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. You know, a lot of times, you know, we feel like in our lives, God, where are you in this thing? Right here. He's with us. You know, when Moses was charged to go and, you know, be the deliverer of Israel and take them out of the land of Egypt, he says, who am I going to tell them that sent me? He says, just tell them I am sent you. I am that I am. Well, you know, as a human being, that doesn't, I mean, it's kind of like, ain't you got something else? You know? Well, there are a lot of other things that God did through Moses that proved that he was a representative of, in fact, the creator of heaven and earth. Amen? But it's what he says that becomes important in all of our lives. He talked about our love for God being expressed through obedience. He talked to them about not being offended by the persecution of the world. He talked about Judas's betrayal. He said, there's one of you among me that's going to betray me. Of course, they were all wondering who that could ever possibly be. He said, but I'm telling you this so that when it happens, you'll know that I am he. 
The whole reason for it is to get these guys. And if you read in those chapters that I just mentioned to you, you'll find over and over again Jesus is saying, believe me. Believe me. If you don't believe me, believe me for the work's sake. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. And so when you got things going on in your life, what's God saying to you? Just believe me. You got a need in your life? Just believe me. You got a health issue? Just believe me. You got a financial issue? Just believe me. You got a worry issue? Just believe me. You got anxiety in your life? Just believe me. You got problems without a parent? Believe me. You got problems in your marriage? Believe me. Because there is a word in the word of God for your matter. Psalm 107 verse 20. Amen, if you know what that says. It says, he sent his word and healed them. Do we have that, Julia? Oh, Julia. Bump, 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 bump. Bump, bump, bump. This is, I, it's not my notes, so it's not her fault. Okay, Psalm 107, 20. Here it comes. Wait for it. There it is. I want you to, re- I want you to see it for yourself. This is in the Bible. Notice what it says. He sent his what? He sent his what? He sent his word and healed them. Well, you say, well, how in the world does, how in the world does that work? You know, he sent his word. Well, he sends you his word, his promise, and that word believed on and acted on and esteemed brings healing and delivered them from their destructions. So in other words, what I'm saying to you is, is whatever need you have in your life, this is God's method of ministering or, or affecting the situation that you have in your life. He sends you his word. I'll take care of you. He told Moses, I'll be with you. you know? And so Moses had to walk the thing out. Well, the same thing's true with you and I. If God said, I'll give you peace, then praise God, he's going to give us peace. Even though we don't feel like there ain't much peace going on. Huh? But as we walk it out, believing and trusting him because he's sending his word. See, everything that God does is done in faithfulness to what he said. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you what, dude, there's buried treasure in that thing we call the Bible. And we can trust him. We can believe him and praise God, he'll bring it to pass. So what's your need? What do you got going on? Hallelujah. Well, you know, don't you think that Jesus is coming again? Yes, most definitely. Why? Because he said so. Huh? Yeah, but, you know, can't we just throw caution to the wind? I mean, somebody's saying, you know, you should be here by, you know, 2028. What if he isn't? Guy wrote a book in my lifetime uh, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1988. Guess what? We have blown past that, that time. You don't know the hour of the day. We can talk in generalities. We know, you know, for the most part, you know, Turkey's putting the brakes on this NATO thing, you know, so some of the uh, countries can't get in it. And basically, my way of thinking, that's just me. It's just an opinion. But, you know, they're, they're basically the, the uh, advocate of Russia. And, and, you know, 
there's strange bedfellows that are all kind of getting together here. And you'll probably see Turkey, you'll probably see Russia, you'll probably see Iran all coming together, you know, for whatever their purposes are. You know, so, so there's all this finagling. But you know, Jesus said all these things would come to pass. And he also said, you'll watch, you'll see, it'll come to pass just like I said, when it's all over with, praise God, I'll clean up. I'll clean house. You know? Hallelujah. So, I don't know how I got off on that. Oh, we're talking about Jesus coming again. And when? I don't know when. I'm just going to be ready to go. So, let me, let me see if I can help you here. We're getting toward the end here, and I'm going to have to quit. Y'all glad you came? See, so Jesus talks to these men. He says, listen, I want to talk to you for a minute about some different things that are going to occur. And, and that's when he washed their, their feet. And, you know, he said, I've given you an example that you should do. So that's a pretty important word about how we treat each other. Are you listening to me? In the body of Christ. You know, get your, get your, your long tongue off of whatever it is that you don't agree with about whoever's doing whatever it is that they're doing, okay? Just stay out of it. You know, not your circus, not your monkeys. Are you with me? It'll help you. Well, you know, I know. I got my opinion. Well, yeah, we know. Praise the Lord that you do. But <clears throat> so he's talking to these men. And, he, and again, I want to refer to the fact he said, these things I've spoken to you. So that, that's all he could give them. Well, when I say all, that's all he could give them, what he said. But it's more than enough. If he said, praise God, he'll supply your needs, then he'll flat out do it. Are you listening to me? If he said he'll give you joy, you can have joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't let the devil beat you down by discouragement and despair. Praise God, you've got so much to be thankful for. There's so many great things that God has done in your life up until this moment, and greater things than he's yet to do for each and every one of you. Trust him, believe him, praise God. This isn't the end. You know, it's not like tie a knot in the end of the rope and hang on, man. God's got things he wants us to do. Are you listening to me? But again, you know, sometimes these things, they come, they come to our lives, and what they're intended to do is they're intended to paralyze. So people aren't doing anything. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Well, isn't that familiar with the scripture that Peter talked about? He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may. Didn't say he could. He's just looking for people, you know? that he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil doesn't have anything new. You just got to know, praise God, that he's under your feet, that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphed over them in it, and then he took the authority and the power that's represented in his name, and he gave it to you. And he said, go for it, buddy. Just kick the whatever out of the devil. Amen. It's good. But, but he says, he is like a roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I went, I've been to Africa a couple times, and we went and we stayed out on this uh, uh, reserve. And it was kind of wild because they made this, 
this thing was, the thing I slept in was around, looked like I was sleeping in a, uh, uh, a grain bin, you know, or a, uh, uh, huh? Yeah, silo. It's made out of concrete. And then it had a big, thick, thatched roof, you know, kind of to the center and all of that. It's probably that thick. And then it had a couple windows, you know, in various places, but there, there weren't any screens or no, you know, bars or anything like that. Well, we get, get ready to go to bed, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a little boy from southwest Iowa in the middle of a cornfield, and I'm laying there, and all of a sudden I start hearing these lions roaring. So I'm going, you know, last time I checked, there was no bars on the windows. I mean, it will make you think. And it'll also make you pray. Oh, Father, I thank you for your divine protection. Hallelujah. <laughs> Get you right down there where you live, huh? But the thing about it is, is that we, when we went out into the reserve and we got close, you know, we're in a vehicle or something like that. And if, how many of you ever heard a lion roar? I mean, real. I mean, dude, it is earth-shaking. Just this guttural kind of, you know, I mean, it's just, well... The, the reality is, is that, you know, when it comes to them doing that, they actually paralyze their victim and their prey. Beep. Don't know what to do. Party's over. You understand where I'm coming from? And that's what happens to people. They don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know what it is that Christ did for them. You know, when he rose victorious, he said, listen, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I am he that liveth and was dead, but I am alive forevermore. Huh? That's why he said, you know, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. And he'll give you victory. How many of you like victory? Glory to God forevermore. You know, we can just go ahead and keep on keeping on and enjoying the plan and the purpose that God has for us. Praise God. Amen. And, and uh, enjoy what it is that he has to say. And I'm going to have to quit because we're coming up on our hour. Maybe give me three more minutes. One hand, two, three, six, nine, twelve, four. Okay. All right. Great. I, and the only reason, you know, we, we come together, and I don't want to crowd your day. I know it's important. I, I want to be respectful of your time. But here, on the other hand, we're here, and, and I think these things are important. So if, if I can communicate it to you for just a few more mo minutes in a different kind of way, something else that will help you, you know, latch on to what it is that I'm talking about. Again, we're talking about taking God at His word. Are you listening to me? He sends his word to you. God, I'm confused. Well, the Bible says God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. So peace needs to become the umpire. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. That means to let it, you know, make the calls. To be an umpire says, you know, no, we're, do we're doing this. We're not doing that. Are you with me? <clears throat> so... So Jesus, again, he says, these things have I spoken unto you, right? Okay. Now, let's, let me use another example. This was Jesus, or Peter, 
his explanation on the day of Pentecost, okay? And the, and the point that I want to make to you in this is that what he tells them is that he points them to the Scriptures. He points them to what has been said. He points them to what has been spoken. So if you need an answer, the answer is right there. You may have to do a little digging, but I'm telling you, it's there. Praise God. So in this particular situation, on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why, you know, you got all kinds of people say, well, you don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. No, you don't have to, but you sure can be. You could sure take advantage of the benefit that comes with being filled with the Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, you put too much premium on that. I didn't put the premium on it. He did. He told his disciples, don't you dare leave until you're endued with power from on high. That's all I know. And I remember, you know, when I first got saved, everybody was telling me, well, when you get born again, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you, and that's all there is. Well, then you read Acts chapter 2 and 1 and all of those, and you find out, well, now, wait a minute. These guys are born of the Spirit of God, but Jesus said, you wait. He breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. But then he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So on the day of Pentecost, when it was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came this sound from heaven. Hallelujah. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Believers filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, the believers, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God, uh, you know, gave utterance. And you say, but I don't understand that. Well, read the Word of God, will you? When Paul went down to Ephesus, he found certain disciples there. I believe there was 12 of them. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we didn't even know anything about the Holy Ghost. He said, well, what baptism were you baptized into? And they said, John. He said, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance. And before it was over with, he laid his hands on them. And they all got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. You say, yeah, but that whole thing is spooky to me. It's only spooky because you don't know. But if you get filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues, you'll get happy. That's what you'll get. Amen. My brother, he got, uh, while he was saved, he came here and got filled with the Holy Ghost in one of our services, and he went down in my basement and prayed for like an hour and a half in other tongues. Glory to God. As the Spirit gave him utterance. You do the speaking, he gives you the utterance. People think, you know, well, he's just going to take control of me. No. You speak, he'll fill you, or he'll give you utterance. Are you listening to me? Well, for whatever that's worth, that's really not my subject. Well, it is, but it isn't. But anyway... When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that all these people were amazed and in doubt, saying to one another, what does this mean? And others mocking said, well, these people are drunk. Huh. So isn't that funny that being drunk and being filled with the Holy Ghost, that there somehow be a correlation between the two? You know, when, well, most people, when they get drunk, they get happy. Huh? Joy, expression, you know, just unfiltered craziness or whatever. Well, when they were on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. This stuff broke out into the street, man. And I mean, they were, you know, they said, we do hear them speak in our own language the wonderful works of God. So if nothing more, it was just an expression of joy, hallelujah, and hilarity in the, in the goodness and the greatness of God. It may have been other things, but they said, well, they're drunk. 
And then Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judah and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known to you. Listen to my words, because these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's only nine in the morning. Now listen to this. Verse 16, is that up there? This here is important. Listen to what he says. But this is that which was, what's the next word? What? Spoken. This is that which was spoken. So what's he doing? He's taking everyone and he's saying, look what the word says. He's pointing them to the word. He's pointing to what God said. Now, you can do all the unbelieving you want about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but God said, and he's going to tell us here what he said, that it's real and that it's for you and that you should have it. Glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now listen, it shall come to pass in the last days. Saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit. And they will prophesy. And I'm going to, now listen to this. I'm going to show wonders. In the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke, the sun being turned into darkness. Listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. The moon into, what's that word? Blood. Before the great and the notable day of the Lord. So what's he saying? He says, you're going to see these things come to pass. There's going to be manifestations like this, and it's leading up to my second return. I'm coming again. He said, if I go, I'll come again. He's coming again. And we're to live within the hope of that, knowing that he's coming. And not only that, but he gave us these signs so that we would know. He said, if you don't believe what I said, at least believe me for the work's sake. Last Sunday night. I set out on my approach to the, to the garage there, man. I mean, I mean, it was like going to a theater, baby. I mean, of all the places on the planet that this thing could occur, here it is, right out in my backyard. I'm sitting there in my lawn chair for over an hour, and I'm watching this, this uh, um, eclipse. And sure enough, the, the moon's turning blood, colored. And all of a sudden, I realize... I am witnessing right here, right now, a manifestation and a fulfillment of what Jesus said that would happen just before he comes again. Hello, hello, hello. Bing, 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 bing. Wake up. I'm coming again. Hallelujah. And the important thing is, is that Peter referred to this prophetic word, listen, this prophetic word to, to explain the current situation or manifestation. You with me? But in the context of that, he was talking about, you know, uh, uh, all of that. The men on the road to Emmaus. I got to close. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to help you get your head wrapped around Whatever the need is, we've got to find out what the Bible has to say, and we've got to believe it and walk in the light of it, okay? Because 
it is, it is absolutely key to understand that if you've got a need in your life, God is going to send his word to you. You just got to go find it. He said, ask, you'll receive, seek, you'll find, knock, it'll be open to you. You got to go after it. Well, yeah, but you know, isn't that what we pay you for, preacher? I mean, don't you tell us all of this stuff? Dude, it ain't what I know, it's what you know. The reality of what you know, not me, you. You got to know it. Huh? Got to do a little digging on your own. My brother Raymond, God bless him, he just went on to be with the Lord. And I tell you what, that guy, <laughs> he worked for Butternut Coffee for I don't know how long, and he retired, you know, and he's sitting on a boatload of money and just happy as a clam. And he would come out to our house all the time because he's retired, he ain't got nothing to do. And what he would do is he would get a lawn chair, and then he would pull this glass of iced tea out of his pickup, and he would come and he would sit, you know, and watch me plant trees or watch me do whatever it is that I'm doing. Was he going to do that? No, 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 no. Ray, you know, no, uh-uh. He ain't going to do that. He might go home and lay her down, you know, and take a nap, but he ain't going to work. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. They, they don't want to mine out of the scriptures what it, that's why praise God small groups Bible studies things that you got to get in with somebody praise God and grow start growing and learn what it is that the Bible has to say all right the two guys on the road to Emmaus remember them Jesus he comes he comes you know sashaying up alongside him they don't even know who he is because he's disguised himself and uh, he said what are you guys talking about anyway and they go what do you mean what are we talking about are you a stranger you know, to Jerusalem, man, I mean, don't you, didn't, don't you know anything about Jesus? And they crucified him. And we thought, we hoped that he was going to get us out from underneath the current administration and government because we hate them all. Oh, no, no. He was saying that we hoped that he would deliver us from, you know, Rome and its tyranny. But that's the way people are today, you know. Christians, a lot of times, you know, they're just throwing stones and whatever the case might be. Dude, stop throwing them, dude, because it's just going to keep happening. If you want to do something, pray. Huh? Pray. Let God remove them, man. Dude, I'm telling you what, you can clean house in a hurry. Are you with me? Listen, they ain't getting by with nothing. But anyway, so they're telling him this whole story, and this is what he says to them when they get done talking. He says... Oh, slow of heart. Now, that's, that's not a good way to start, huh? He said to them, O oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the what? The prophets. the prophets have spoken. Notice what it goes on to say. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Next verse. And beginning with Moses... So what's he going to do? What's Jesus doing? He's pointing them to the Word, isn't he? He's taking them right back to the Word. It is the gold standard. It is absolute truth. Isn't that right, Jeff? It's absolutely the truth. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. Well, in the Scriptures... It prophesied that he would come. And guess what? He did. Now, I don't know this for facts, what Joe Morris says. He said there's eight times as many scriptures talking about his second coming than his first. 
So I tell you what, dude, God has doubled up, tripled up, quad, whatever eight is. Is that some octave, whatever, you know? But I tell you, he has given us everything we need to know that he is coming again. And that we can take him at his word. That we can come to know the reality of his word and walk in the light of it. Are you listening to me? You know, when the word becomes real to you, then the devil has no place in you. Isn't that right? You know? Hallelujah. Well, there's other things we could say, but that's enough for now. That was a long few minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. I lied. Forgive me, will you? All right. Stand with me. I got to stop. You guys are such great listeners. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I want to give you an, uh, uh, I want to challenge you because I want to give you an opportunity to adjust. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe necessarily what's going on in your hearts, but I do know that God does. And maybe in some of the things that I've shared with you this morning that, that he's challenging you about making an adjustment in your heart. God, you know, I just haven't been trusting you. I haven't, you know, I I know better and I know your word's true. And I just want to let this serve as a defining moment, a benchmark in my life. Someplace where I'm, I'm driving a stake in the ground and just saying, God, I want you to help me because I don't want to go the way of the world. I don't want to be influenced by them. I don't want to follow their path. They don't know where they're going. You know, it's the blind leading the blind. They're all going to end up in the ditch. I want to follow you. And so I don't know how that applies in your personal life. You know, it could be in your relationship, it could be, I mean, it could be anything. But I just believe that God wants to challenge you today to really think about taking him at his word. If you're filled with worry, if you're filled with care, if you're filled with anxiety about, okay, let's just go back to the whole thing about relationship. He said that we're to cast all our care onto him. Why? Because he cares for us. So some things that you're dealing with relationally, it, it, it really has you concerned because it's so close to you. But sometimes in those relationships, you know, there isn't anything really that you can do, but he can. So that's who we need to look to and say, God, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you tell me what to do. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll behave myself wisely. I'll follow the patterns and the steps and the things that you'd ask me to do. And, but I'm going to give it to you, you know? So, so if anxiety, worry, and care is an issue within your life, you know, consider it being like a suitcase and you're going to come to this altar and you're going to, you know, you're going to put the suitcase down. Well, when we get done praying, you're not going to pick the suitcase up and take it back to the pew with you. You're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Any of you got any challenges? Any of you got some things maybe you're having to deal with, whatever? Of course, I know you do. But right here, right now is a place where we can say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk in the light of your word. Glory to God. You know, I'll just share this with you. But, you know, when Joan and I, when we got married, I went to Bible, we went to Bible school. And um, um, there were so many things, you guys, we didn't know. We didn't have a clue. Her dad, when I proposed, you know, when I went to ask uh, her hand in marriage, he goes, so, so how are you going to make a living? You know, because, you know, dads are usually a little interested in their daughter that has everything she needs, you know, when, when we go running off with some 
Yahoo like me, it's kind of like, okay, this is the first logical question. What are you going to do to, how are you going to eat? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to obey God and I'm going to get a job and we're going to make it. You know, well, he probably thought, well, yeah, you probably will. And we did. Tough times, lean times, yes, yes, and yes. But you know what? Praise God. Even when we got done, we got out of Bible school. We didn't know what we were going to do. But I tell you what, God led us. We just decided we're going to follow God. We're going to do what he wants us to do. And little by little, day by day, you know, different things worked out the way they did. And praise God, life's been pretty good. Not without challenges. We all have challenges. But I'm telling you, God's faithful. Can you say amen? So I want you just to bow your heads with me for a moment here. And let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful today for your grace in every one of our lives. And Father God, I thank you that we have the privilege of being able to take you at, it, at your word. So Father, I pray for every person that's here today and their own personal lives and the needs that they have. And God, I just ask you to speak to their hearts right now. Help them, Father God, to commit to your ways. And if necessary, Father, that they would repent and say, God, I've been foolish in my thinking, in my behavior, in my actions, and I ask you to forgive me. God, I just thank you right now that in this moment that we have this privilege to be able to do just that in Jesus' name. So while every head's bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around, I just want you in your own heart to have a conversation with your Heavenly Father. Talk to Him about what's going on in your life and ask Him whatever it is that needs to be asked. If you need help, ask for help. If you need wisdom, ask for wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you for granting, yes, the desires of their heart even right now, Father. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Now, while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, you may be here this morning or you may be watching um, on the live stream but you've never, ever really made a commitment to Christ. You never asked him, really, to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. In other words, repent completely and fully and give him all your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. While your heads are bowed, if there's someone here, or maybe again online, you've never made that decision, but you'd say by your uplifted hand, Father, today... I want to commit my life to you. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look today? Be real with God because I tell you what, he's honest, he's true, and he's just. Hallelujah. Anyone as I look. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, Father, we pray one more time for those perhaps that are watching online. And Father, I ask you to speak to their hearts in a way, Father God, that helps them to know the truth of your word. And that, Father, they would simply pray, Father, come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, and make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And, Father God, I thank you for coming to them right where they are to do just that. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. God bless you.